What's the worst part about breaking four tackles and running into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown? Not having your Wayfair still with you to protect your eyes from all the flashbulbs. Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keefe to the City Podcast. Here's Neil Keefe. All right, so the Rangers were finally able to solve the Islanders after uh, what seemed like would be forever from the, from the next time they'd win a game against the Islanders after three miserable performances this year. Uh, one in October, two in January. Couldn't solve the lock at all the last two games. Uh, just one goal in those two games that came with 10 seconds left. But they finally were able to solve the team uh, from the island at home at the Nassau Coliseum on Monday night to sort of keep this uh, this new winning streak going and to, to – Put ease to the Rangers uh, fans' mindset that maybe, you know, if these teams do meet in the playoffs, it uh, it won't be the bloodbath that Islanders fans seem to think it is. And uh, joining me here today to talk Rangers-Islanders, as we always do, is Mike Carver of WFAN. You can also hear him on the Butch Goring Show on the Hockey This Week radio network. Carver, how's it going today after a long night at the Coliseum last night? Uh, doing all right, Neil. Doing all right. You know, hey, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> you can't win them all, Neil, you know? No, I know, and I uh, we talked about it, and uh, more than more so than I mean, with anyone else, and that is the fact that you know, as an Islanders fan, you you wanted that you know that loss on the ledger. You don't want to have that undefeated record going into the playoffs, and the you know the uh, possibility that these two teams meet again because things in in uh, all sports tend to even out, and and being five and zero heading to the postseason isn't exactly what you want to be. No, it would have been a disaster because all you know, all the it would have been just crazy because all the Islander fans would have ran around saying, "Ah, oh, they can't five and zero against them in the regular season." And then, as we all know, Neil, it's the games that you play in the playoffs that count more. They count a hell of a lot more than these games. And it doesn't matter if you go five and zero against them in the regular season; you need to beat them four times when it counts. So it would have been all for nothing. It would have raised the stakes even higher because then it's like, "Oh, wow, the pressure." When then the pressure starts to build, wow! When are we going to lose to him? And then and then it starts. I think it's the best thing that happened to him last night. If you just take a little loss, look, you're still in first place. You got and the best thing is for me, Neil, for the Islanders, they get to come right back out tonight, play against a you know a garbage team like Carolina, and maybe get themselves back on the in the win side and just put that game behind them because all that game was last night, as exciting as it was, and probably one of the best regular season games you're going to watch in the NHL. Is uh, is it is just a February regular season game, and there's still a long way to go. Get it behind you. Get out there tonight. Get another two points when you go down to Carolina. Yeah, and uh, after what happened the the last two times a couple weeks ago when they met in the middle and the end of January, and, and the Rangers' inability to score there, inability to play defense really at all, and then to come out last night, you know, you, it's February, the weather sucks, uh, you know, it's President's Day, got a little three day weekend, the, the hype for New York hockey's back, and then 11 seconds in, Cam Talbot feeds Jonathan Tavares for uh, <laughs> an empty net, and I was just sitting, you know, I'm sitting there watching, and I just can't believe what I'm watching, and I'm like, here we go again, you know, the Coliseum's already rocking, and, and we're 
11 seconds into the game, and it just seemed like this is a game that could have gotten away early from the Rangers. It didn't, and the Islanders did everything really they could early on. I mean, the, the shot totals were were outrageous. I, I saw, you know, I think through two they had 37 shots, which is just absurd. And even if, if even if Hank had been in net, you know, uh, he may have done you know a little bit better than Talbot, but he probably would have given up three or four at least. And the Islanders' pressure was there, and they had a chance really to put the game early, uh, put the game away early on, and they didn't. Yeah, that's where the Islanders lost that game last night, Neil. You know, they had, I believe they had 22 shots in the first period. I think it was 22 to 11 or 22 to 12, maybe. They outshot the Rangers in the first. The Islanders dominated that first period. Uh, it could have easily been 3 1, 4 1, uh, who knows what. And to just get out of that period with a 2 to 1 lead, you know, you just had that feeling there was so much hockey left. They had dominated so much of the play that to only leave that first period with a one-goal lead, it almost felt like a victory for the Rangers. You know, for the Rangers. They had to feel a lot better about themselves going to the locker room. And then the Rangers, you know, the second period was kind of back and forth. You know, it was just kind of a split period. They both scored a couple of goals there. And the Rangers then won the period that mattered. You know, they won the third, and that's, that's where the game was. Um, but the first period is what killed the Islanders in that game because – they dominated, and they were run- they were running the Rangers up and down the ice. It was amazing. It was almost like they played each other the same way in both the first and the third period. You saw the Islanders uh, kind of running around, not knowing where to go, and the Rangers were just taking it to them left and right in the third. Islanders did that in the first but didn't uh, capitalize enough, and that's really where they lost the games in my mind, Neil. Yeah, and uh, you know when they get up the, the early one nothing on the Tavares goal, then they score uh, about a little over eleven minutes later the Nielsen goal, and and to that point, I mean it's two nothing. You're looking for any sort of silver lining as a Rangers fan, hoping that they'll get back in the game with still you know fifty minutes and uh, forty nine minutes left to play, and then McDonough scores towards the end of the first, and I'm sort of you know I had a little feeling of okay maybe you know they they got this one the two goal you know lead in hockey always considered the worst lead maybe they can get the next one and then we'll have a new game, but Johnny Boyd. Chuck comes right at the beginning of the second and drops a friggin' bomb from the blue line, um, yeah. and, and it goes three to one, and it's another two goal lead. And and to that point, I mean, you you you're there, you're at you're at the Coliseum, you're thinking, you know, were you thinking this is it, this is over, the Rangers aren't going to come back again, two goals? No, no, there's, at that point, I still thought there was plenty of game left. I I thought maybe at the the only two because obviously Amos had three two goal leads last night. The only time I thought maybe. It could finally be over is when Ryan Strome made it 5-3 there in the third period, even though that was still very early in the period, but the Rangers were controlling the play before that Strome goal, and then they really controlled the play after that. I still thought at 3-1, and and, and uh, what was it, 4-2? What else did they get up? How many got two goals? Yeah, they had 2 nothing. they had 3-1, and then they had 5-3. Yeah. At 3-1, I still thought it was definitely a game. Um, at five three, I thought maybe you know let's let's try to lock it down here, but they just let the Rangers keep going. I thought it was still a game even after that Boychuk goal. Geez, the goaltending deal last night. I mean, you could take both guys, and they they both were had a couple of softies in there between Talbot and Halak. They both did not play well. No, and I think uh, you know that's one of the things I was you know sort of tweeting about and again on Islanders fans is the fact that while the game was a mess from a, from a goaltending defensive standpoint, at least the Rangers didn't have their starting goalie playing. Yeah, you know that that is a thing. But we've seen the Islanders uh, this year in the in the previous meetings put some goals up on Henrik Lundqvist, so uh, I'm not too worried about that. But this was the first time we saw Yaroslav Halak not play very well against the Rangers. 
Uh, I thought that both the, you know, the, especially the first McDonough goal, I thought was weak. Uh, the the one Kreider goal, I thought he misplayed, but you know, he really didn't come out far enough. He, he had he had some bad moments last night. He really did. And listen, I, I can't kill the guy. He's been so good for them this year. I I gotta just take one game and just throw it to the side. I understand it was against the Rangers, so it gets a little bit more magnified, but. Uh, he'll be fine. I think they do have to start giving him a rest here and there. I think they'll play Chad Johnson tonight down in Carolina, but I, I, I thought I'm all right with the lock. I know it was in a big spot, but he'll be okay. Cause he's been, listen, it's three and one against him this year. It's just, we we're going to concentrate on what is the most recent thing, which was last night. Yeah. And I think everyone tends to do that. And no matter what it is, the, what have you done for me lately thing? And they'll forget about yeah. what he did the last two games where the Rangers couldn't solve him at all. And then, you know, gives up six goals. So people will, will discuss that, but you know, in the game after that three, one lead, they come back. Kreider scores at three Oh seven in the second, 23 seconds later, McDonough scores to tie it sort of started the let's go Rangers chance at the Coliseum. The Islanders fans quieted down. And then, you know, for, for that face off after the McDonough goal, you got Tanner Glass out there, who's the most worthless Ranger maybe ever. And I think I don't think there's any Rangers fan that likes him, wants him on the team, wanted them to sign him, you know, period. And he's standing there with Matt Martin, and it's a chance for Tanner Glass to do the only thing that he's really good at, and that's fighting and, and you know, creating a spark. And Matt Martin was certainly looking to go because, you know, the whole momentum had shifted. The Rangers just scored twice in 23 seconds. The game's tied. And the Islanders, Islanders had just called the timeout, too. It, exactly. It, it was the perfect opportunity for a fight. And the refs stop it before it happens and give them both unsportsmanlike conduct. And I guess that's, you know, the NHL in 2015. And it's a shame because that is, you know, that's such a perfect moment, a perfect storm for a fight to take place. And to have it just extinguished that, that quickly, uh, it, it kind of sucks. But I guess I guess that's where the league is at this point. Yeah, you know how they're doing things now, Neil. They don't want to get involved in all that stuff. And and that was clearly what I think that the Yams were trying to do there. I, I, we saw the Rangers kind of switch. Uh, Glad didn't Stepniak originally line up next to him, and they switched and moved Glass over yep. across from Martin. And you know, they you know they just called the timeout after that second goal as to make it three three. And you know, you know, Jack's trying to send a message there. If he's sending Maddie out there, not that he doesn't know him. I mean, listen, he plays that line as much as he plays his other three lines. But right after the goal, right after a timeout. You send Matt Martin, Matt Martin out there for a reason, and it, it, we just know. I mean, the league, the way they run things, they were you know, let the guys go. It's still part of the game, you know. I thought it was silly for them to to just give the two of them a couple of unsportsmanlike conducts. I, I know what the Owls are trying to do. You let Martin maybe pummel glass right there and get the crowd back on the Islanders' side. That was the whole thinking, I think, behind it. But they never got it. I thought maybe they, when they jumped out of the box, maybe the two of them would that finally let it go. But I guess they. They probably got told, listen, enough of this garbage. So it's the new NHL, Neil. You know that. <laughs> yeah, and it's disappointing because to, to have it set up that way with the – you know, that was the, the only thing. That was the only thing that game was missing last night. Exactly, and and you know you you <laughs> talked about how it's one of the best regular season games you'll see, and I think anyone you know who just a casual fan who's from the area who who maybe has a you know a semi rooting interest for either the Rangers or Islanders or maybe doesn't and maybe doesn't care about hockey, but to have that really the only thing going on last night on TV, especially around here um, at such a dead time for sports. I mean, the, that game's not going to turn someone in you know from a casual fan into a real fan or for someone who doesn't care about hockey to sort of pique their interest in it i don't know what will no that is the game right there i mean you want to try to get somebody involved in the in watching hockey and and all that and, and i can guarantee you, you know there was a lot of people tuned in last night here locally that probably normally are not 
just for the reasons that you listed, that is the game you want to show. I think NHL Network picked up the game, too. Um, I, I think it was broadcast throughout the country on NHL Network. But I'm not 100% sure on that, but, man, you had everything. You was up and down. Wasn't a lot of defense. Wasn't a lot of outstanding goaltending. Both goalies had their share of a couple of big saves at different points. But, for you know, you listen, you get uh, – you get 11 goals in a game. Obviously, there isn't that much of a defensive effort, but it was exciting. It was up and down. You could feel the drama, you know, just through the TV and the building. You knew it was a big spot, and we need it, Neil. We've talked about this the last couple times. We need it. We need seven of these in <laughs> April and May. One of the, we, and it, can you just imagine if that was a playoff game last night? You know, I, I walked away from that game thinking, like I just said, hey, it's one of 82. It's a game in February. You come back out tonight. It's more important now to go out tonight and get a couple points against Carolina. Can you imagine if that spot with the Islanders blowing three two-goal leads was, you know, a, was a game six at the Coliseum with them up three-two or something like that? Can you then? I would probably not be singing the same tune today. But we we will wait and see what happens when we finally cross that bridge. Well, you seem to be so gung ho about wanting this playoff series, and I've said all along that I don't want it, and. I, I think I think last night, you know, it sort of swayed me now because of the outcome of that game. Had the Rangers lost, I'd still be like, no way. The only thing I'd want if they lost last night was to have the Islanders finish the regular season sweep off to maybe, you know, set up a thing for things to get evened out in the playoffs. But it's just, you know, I know we've talked about it. From a Rangers fan standpoint, I mean, to win uh, a series against the Islanders in the playoffs, it would only be satisfying if it led to an eventual championship. And I think there's much more to lose uh, than there is to gain if they were to lose a series against them because then you got these Islanders fans, you know, the ones coming out of the woodwork, the best team in New York, all these people chirping here left and right. And I just feel like from a Rangers fan standpoint, it'd be better if they didn't meet in the playoffs. Well, from a Rangers fan standpoint, of course it would. because Of course it wouldn't be because that, I think the loss would be worse for you guys. Uh, if the Islanders beat the Rangers, it would be a hell of a lot worse for you guys than if, if for the Islanders fans if the Rangers beat the Islanders. Except for that one caveat of the Rangers, you know, closing down Nassau Coliseum and all that stuff. But you guys, I mean, you guys just got right to it last night. As soon as that clock hit zero, there's you and a couple other guys on there on Twitter who, you know, you started shooting it out. Nobody, nobody wins graciously anymore around here in this town. <laughs> so you guys, uh, you guys got right to it and you started throwing the knives and uh, and all that. So I got off. Uh, I didn't even open Twitter after, you know, for about 20 minutes after the game until for the rest of the night because it was just, wow, this is unbelievable. You know, Big Brother's back. You got It was just enough with this garbage. I, I, you know me. We've talked about it. I can't take it. But, hey, it is what it is. It's, it, that means that the rivalry's building a little bit more. But, geez, nobody on that Ranger fan base side, they don't, they don't win graciously, that's for sure, Neil. And you're included. <laughs> and let me tell you, you're included in that category, pal. <laughs> Well, I think you're, you're I, one of those guys. <laughs> I, to me, the Islanders have always just been there. They've never really been a threat for you know for 20 years. They haven't been relevant, at least when it comes to you know Rangers Islanders. That whole rivalry thing has sort of been an outdated thing. That um, you know it's just been nothing because they haven't been good at the same time for so long. And now, to me, island the Islanders and their fans have sort of become what the Tampa Bay Rays have become to the Yankees. And, you know, it's that thorn in their side that they, 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 you know, beat up on for so long and then they can't seem to get over that hump. And the fans are letting people know about it. I mean, Islanders fans for five months here are so cocky that you'd think it was, you know, the, the mid to late 80s again. Yeah, you're right. There's a, there's a good percentage of them who have gotten into that. Uh, you know, they've been puffing their chest out. There's no doubt about that. And a lot of them are, 
I've tried to tell them, listen, just enjoy the ride and don't concern yourself about what the hell the Rangers are doing. Just worry about and enjoy how well the Islanders are playing. You know, as much passion as you had for that game last night, go and bring that tonight when they play Carolina. All right, I want to see, you know, worry about what's going on now. All right, don't worry about what the Rangers are doing. And the Ranger fans shouldn't worry about what the Islanders are doing. And I know that it's imp- so hard to do that, Neil. We know that because we walk around, we, we walk amongst ourselves every day. We're, anywhere, we're, we're next to each other constantly. We all know it's going to happen. I just wish sometimes some Islander fans would just consider the Rangers as another team, but we all know that that's not the way that things are going to work. We, the Islander fans haven't tasted this in a long time. And they're still 3-1 against them this year. So if you want to go and, and pump your chest, bump it back and say, yeah, well, we're 3-1. And, one. I, and, you know, but some of the guys, you know, you got to calm some of these guys down on Twitter. It's, it, was, uh, it was a tough scene last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about going back out there on Tuesday night, playing Carolina, you know, getting a, getting a win back and making up for what happened on Monday night. And when we talked in the past, you said how you wanted that one seed. You you got to have it. You wanted that one yeah. seed, not only in the Metro, but for the conference. And a lot of Rangers fans now are pointing to, you know, win percentage, games in hand, the fact that the Rangers, you know, if they win their games in hand would be first in the Metro, they, that they could still come out, you know, one or two in the East. And to me, that doesn't matter. I, I, all along, I've said, I don't care if you're one, if you're eight, if you're two through seven. It, as long as you're in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. And both teams, these teams are going to the playoffs. Every team in the East has a real chance of making the Stanley Cup final. So, to me, I don't know why people are so concerned with the seeding because home ice isn't what it used to be. And I just feel like if the Rangers and Islanders meet as 2-3 in the Metro and the Penguins get the one or if they meet in the second round, um, you know, if it happens, it happens. But there's no reason to really root for a, uh, a seed this year or root for a specific opponent because the, the East is so so much deeper than it's been in the past that anyone, any team you play is really going to be a, a challenge and a tough test just to get through the first round. Listen, all all eight teams are going to be are going to be very evenly matched. It's going to be very equal. You're 100 percent right. Seeding doesn't matter. I have told you, of course, in the past that I do want the Islands to be up there just because I do feel they have some significant advantage playing in that building. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I think if the Islanders somehow finish third in the Metro, or let's say the Islanders had a a real bad two or three weeks and they fell behind Pittsburgh and the Rangers and maybe even Washington. Who the hell knows? Let's say the Islanders really played them. They went 2-8 and eight over a 10-game stretch or some, something like that, which I don't think they, they will do because this team has shown all year that they do not do that. But if they did, I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't be feared, uh, you know, sitting in one of those wild cards and having to play the Penguins or having to play the Montreal or something like that. As much as Montreal is the one team out of the eight that I probably don't want any part of, um, it doesn't matter because, like you say, these eight teams are even. They're going to all play each other. Nobody's going to be able to avoid anybody here. It's not like you're getting some garbage team that there's a couple garbage teams fighting for the last spot. That's not the case. We've got some solid teams. Oh, Florida's made a nice little push here to get themselves back to a couple points. Boston, a nice job by them. But we all know that they're not going to make it. Boston's going to make the playoffs. But it, you're right. It's a it flip a coin here. I mean, these eight teams can finish any eight spots, and they could beat each other. Yeah, and uh, and I think that's the the difference between you know seasons past when you're hoping that you see the Senators or you see the Devils or you see the Panthers or you see right. a banged up Capitals team, and and this year it's just it, it, it feels like all these first round series are, are going to go the distance. Yeah, you got a chance. You size them up any way you want. You're going to have huge matchups. I mean. 
some combination of Penguins, Rangers, Islanders, Washington. Two of those four are going to play each other in the first round. It's possible that the four of them could play each other in the first round if the wild card somehow matched up with the right division. And then you look even on the other side. I mean, yeah, you know, you're, you're, Mike, you're getting Montreal and Boston. I mean, you might get that in the first round. And, you know, even the Tampa-Detroit, that is a fun series. That it would be a ton of fun uh, with those two teams facing each other. Eiserman, of course, the GM of Tampa, taking on his old team. And, and Detroit's played very well. There's a lot of intrigue. And, and even if you mix them up and Detroit finished first and they were playing Boston, they, that would be fun again. They did that last year or a year or two ago, whenever it was. You know, there's, there were so many different uh, combinations and possibilities. It's going to be a lot of fun no matter what. Well, the Coliseum now, because the Islanders have been so good and, and since the last time we talked three weeks ago, you know, another three weeks of home dates are, are gone and, and the they're, you know there's only a few left here over the next couple months before the place closes down. But last night, I mean, that sounded like, you know, I, I was watching it from home, so through the TV, I mean, that sounded like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, to see that old building, you know, they, they still have like a semi-old scoreboard. That, you know, the place is, you know, one of the, one of the classic old buildings, and, uh, you know, it's one of the smaller ones, and, and it gets a lot of shit for the amenities and such. But, you know, it, it is a throwback to, to the era we sort of grew up in in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s NHL. And uh, to see it get that loud last night, I, I think that's the you know the the real reason, the number one factor in me wanting a Rangers Islanders playoff series is for the games at the Garden, even though it's it's new and it's not what it used to be. But to have the Garden, the Coliseum involved in a seven game series with you know the proximity of the two teams, the fan bases, the last year of the Coliseum. I mean, I, I guess when you add all those things up, it does make sense to want to have um, this series take place at some point. And for you, I mean, as an Islanders guy, to see the Coliseum finally get like this. It must be bittersweet to see it coming at the end because, you know, had they, the politicians and everything on the island been able to solve everything, this would have been, you know, a nice step into the future into a new building on the island uh, rather than closing out the old, the old one with a good team. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to think about because, uh, like, it really is tough because it's, it's been so good and it's, it's been such a good year there. And, and it's like I've said all along and a lot of people have said, yeah, there was nobody in the building, but that's because they were terrible. <laughs> All right, uh, you could see when you put, when you, and this goes with Justice the Islands, this goes with, you can almost name 90% of the sports franchises in the big four sports in this country. You know, if the team is good, the building will be full. If the team is bad, you're going to see empty seats. There's very few teams in these four sports you can think of where every night the building will be full, whether the team's in first or the team's in last. And when the Islanders are good, that place is loud, it is full, it's unbelievable. And we've talked, uh, we'll see what happens next year when they get into a new building that's not so much for hockey. We'll see if maybe because people are going to be sitting in each other's laps, we'll see if maybe the sound <laughs> will carry. We'll, we'll see what happens. But we're going to enjoy this ride, Neil. we got a we got a good bunch of get home games left here in the regular season and then hopefully a good amount of home playoff games come April and May and we got to have that range around this series, you know. Uh, hopefully, you, like you said, you're finally on board after last night. It, it's got to happen. I've never asked you about this, but from a Rangers fan standpoint, you know, it took them 20 years to get back to the final. They lose um, excruciatingly, three overtime games, blowing two goal leads left and right. And now when you reach the final and you lose, the only thing left to do is to get back there and win. So it feels like right. if the Rangers don't, you know, if they get back to the final this year and they lose and they came up short. And, 
And that's a hard thing to do, especially in this, you know, this NHL now, like we talked about with how deep the East is. Just to get out of one round is going to be insane, let alone win four of them and then have to beat Chicago or Nashville or, or L.A. in the final. Is just It just seems like so, such a far-fetched idea. But for Islanders fans, I mean, after missing the playoffs for so long, you know, having not won you know, in forever since even before the Rangers, what is your idea you know, of a successful season Coming to the point now that you're, you know, you have a chance to be one seed um, in the division, maybe one overall. I mean, what is it going to take for you to be happy with the way the season ends? Uh, I think, Neil, at this point, with how they've played through the first, you know, 50 games or wherever we're at here right now, I think at this point they have to win a round. They got to win at least one round for me. That is a bare minimum right now. I think they're good enough to do that. Um, they made it two years ago. They lost a very tough series to the Penguins last year was whatever happened last year is what happened. They made improvements this year. They've shown that they're a better team. Uh, I'd be disappointed if they didn't at least win one round. Now they could go further. Um, I wouldn't be shocked. Obviously we just talked about how close knit the eight teams are. If they did lose in the first round, but for me, the season's a success. If they get, it's been, I haven't won a round since 1993. The last time the Islanders won a round in the playoffs, so it's been 22 years. Uh, they got to win around. That's bare minimum for me as far as that goes. I thought you were going to go bigger. I thought you were going to say, like, finals appearance. No way. No, 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 no. They got to win around. Yeah, I'm talking – well, I'd be ecstatic if they made the finals. You know, that would be outstanding. But I, you got you to gotta take steps. You, you, you have to take steps. Um, I need to see I, – I can't tell you that this team is going to make the finals when this team hasn't won a round in 22 years. <laughs> no, I, I didn't, I didn't expect, I don't expect I them to, to make it. I just thought maybe with, uh, you know, the way the season has go- gone with the Coliseum closing, I thought you were looking for like a, a Disney storybook ending to the season. Well, it would be nice, but, you know, you're trying to lump me in with all these guys, Neil, that are yelling <laughs> about best team in New York. And you know that you're not going to get that stuff out of me. You know that you're going to get the – the more logical approach as to how the NHL hockey season is going to go. Just because I'm an Islander fan, I'm not going to go nuts and say, oh, wow, this team. can this team go to the finals? Of course they can. So can the other seven teams in the East that are going to make the playoffs. They all have a good chance to come out of the East and make the finals. None of them are going to win. None of them are going to beat the West. I, I've felt that all along. There's, there's still two teams at the top, and everybody else is below them, and you know who they are, Chicago and L.A. Nobody's as good as them. L.A.'s still got to do some work to get themselves in there. I believe they will. And when they do, they'll do as they always do, and they'll run rough shot through the rest of those teams that are those fake teams out in California like the Sharks and the Ducks and all those teams. The Kings will lay them to waste once they finally do get in the playoffs. Blackhawks will take care of the, the frauds in their division like St. Louis, and, uh, and they'll be fine. And then they'll both meet in the West Final again, and they'll, they'll beat whoever comes out of the East, any of those eight. But the Islanders can get there. But I'll be satisfied and I'll consider the season a success if they make it, if they win a round. Now, if they win that round and they're staring at the Rangers in the second round and they got, you know, let's just say they got a loss in four or five games to the Rangers, that would be a little, that would be a tough way to end the season. That would probably be the one way that I would go, wow, you know, that, that sucked. But, <laughs> you know, other than that, I would still take a little solace in the fact that they actually won a round. Well, when you look at this, this playoff picture, and I, to me, 
you know, every team does have a chance. I think Washington is probably the one team I think right now that I would say is probably the eighth best chance of getting to the final. And then when you look at Boston, they're interesting because they're not as good as they've been the last two years. And, and their fall off from, you know, getting to the final against uh, the Blackhawks and, 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 you know, losing that and blowing that in game six. And then what happened last year and then to come this year, and you know, they've fallen, you know, apart pretty, pretty badly to the point that, if they yeah. miss these playoffs, I mean, it, it wouldn't. It would be shocking because of what they've done over the last few years. But they're also a team that they could get the eighth seed and reach the final, which is kind of crazy. So I don't know. It's just like you know, like we said, there's no good way to look at this. And from the Rangers' standpoint, whether you're playing Pittsburgh or the Islanders in the first round, or you get screwed and you're matched up against Montreal, who I think is the best team in the East, uh, there's no good way to look at it. So uh, you know, maybe the best thing for the Rangers is to face the Islanders. Hey, uh, I think it would be fun for everybody, uh, and, and you're right. And I think the Rangers would have a, you know, there's some matchups for them that wouldn't be very good. Uh, I know that you're a little, I know you're scared of the Bruins, you know. You've, you've made it pretty, pretty out there. <laughs> you don't want the, you don't want any part of the Bruins if, you, if you're a Ranger fan. You, you got that out there. And I think you don't want any part of Montreal either, because I think Montreal owes you a little something from last year. You know, you went into that Eastern Conference final thinking that they were two pretty evenly matched teams. And they lost their goaltender, and they had the kid to Carsey playing all in there. And who knows? The Rangers still beat them uh, pretty handily, I guess you could say. But I think that Montreal owes you a little something. So I don't think you want any part of them either. But uh, listen, let's let's just get it out of the way, Neil. Let's do it first round. Let's let's have it. On this Rangers, let's let's get one of them out of there right out of the gate. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've only got that one meeting left in March. Um, that'll be the final, you know, Rangers Islanders meeting, barring a uh, a potential playoff series. But you know, at the end of that game last night, uh, Kevin Klein scores that goal. It, it sort of gave hope to Rangers fans, changed this series dramatically. Because if you, if the Islanders end up winning that game on Monday night, I mean, now you're four and zero. Now, now the, the the real you know woodwork is going to fall apart with the Islanders fans coming out left and right. But I think that win sort of um, you know only increased the hype that we'd get if they meet in the playoffs. It sort of gave Rangers. Fans, a sigh of relief that they can beat this team. They can solve Halak, which a lot of teams have done except for them. And to do it without Lundqvist is just a plus. So, you know, Carver, we have that one meeting. We'll talk again around that. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we have a chance to do this a lot more times in the playoffs. Yeah, March 10th. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be the final regular season game. And then they will have at least four or five, hopefully seven more after that. I've told you this all year, Neil. It's going to happen. You know it is. They're playing this year. We'll get it. (laughs) All right, Mike. Thanks again. You got it, buddy.